What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current. Today, it's me and Cameron, and we're going to talk to y'all about our favorite wintertime lures, as well as flies. We're going to get into flies as well. Uh, why we like to fish those, why we think they're productive in the winter months when it's colder and the fish can be a little more lethargic, um, and how we like to fish these these different lures. So if there's any time of year where you can, like redfish can get picky, and it's important to have like a you know an arsenal of different types of baits to throw, and know you know what they want based off of how the fish are acting sometimes even before you even cast in there you can be like okay i gotta throw this or this that's what we're gonna get into today that's what we're gonna dial in i've already had people asking and talking to me about you know picky fish and um so i think it's a, a good time to bring this you know this podcast up and talk about you know different options for cold wintertime fish being trout redfish anything so um we'll get into that first off want to thank our podcast sponsors uh, Eric Williams Realty he's a good buddy of mine he loves to fish he loves to hunt he's got a YouTube channel um, as well as um, uh, he sells real estate so land and houses he's actually trying to help my wife and I found, find some land uh, right now to buy and hopefully build on in the next year or two so um, give him a, a check out on YouTube it's Eric Williams Fishing and I'll have that linked below um, also I'll have his realty website linked below we also want to thank iStrike Fishing uh, they have the most incredible jig heads and jigs on the market. Uh, they work great for the way that, that me and Cameron like to fish and what we like to do. Um, so definitely check out iStrike if you haven't. You're way behind. Um, that's my dog winding in the kennel over there. So hopefully that'll that'll stop. Um, and then I also want to thank Marshware and Afco. Great clothing companies. Look good on the water. Look good hanging out on the streets. We'll go ahead and bring old Cameron Pappas on. What's up, dude? And he's wearing free fly, of course. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sponsored. I'm not sponsored either. <laughs> let's uh, let's get into it. So, what is your go-to bait? Like, well, or I guess there, that's that's a loaded question because there's so many options. But what are some yeah. of your, you know, go-tos in the winter months? Um, I think for spinning rods or for spin gear, um, it just depends on like how spooky they are. Um, I'd say if they're super spooky, like it's, if the boat's getting anywhere close to them and they're immediately like, um, fanning out and running away. I mean, a lot of times, and I've said this before, um, on a couple different episodes, I think, but a lot of times just a gulp shrimp on a, uh, on a ice strike jig head or, you know, any kind of quarter ounce to eighth ounce jig head, um, works really well for me and i think the scent has a lot to do with it um as well as how you work it like i don't work it fast at all if it's especially like a bigger group of fish um and 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 if they're really spooky i must just like keep it in one spot and try and get it in front of the school and just try and predict where they're going to go throw it four or five feet in front of the school and just let it sit in their path and just barely wiggle it on the bottom. And that works for me. Uh, I'd say most of the time. Yeah. Um, but the only thing that I don't like about gulp and especially if you're, if someone else is throwing it and they're not used to like setting the hook, um, immediately when they feel a bite, a lot of times the redfish especially will just like, inhale a gulp uh, to the point where it's just all the way back in their throats um so i try not to use them too much unless it's like a, a last ditch effort type of thing just because 
um, it can definitely injure some, some redfish. I don't, have you noticed that with gulps? They'll definitely eat a gulp pretty deep, especially when you're working it slow in the winter. A lot of times, you know, you're yeah. letting it sit there for a long time. You're giving them a second to eat it. And a, lot, a lot of times when you're throwing it into a school too, you're like making sure it's a bite and not just fish running into your line. And they'll mm-hmm. definitely suck it down. Um, but yeah, it, it's such a good bait, man, in the winter. It's such a, du- like, and gulp is getting better and better. Like all these gulps are, all these new colors and stuff they've got, they've, they've got more of a stretch to them as well. Like there's a bunch of translucents now, like not, mm-hmm. there's like full, a fully translucent one, but uh, I saw this one, I forget what the color name was. Uh, and it was like a, you know, brownish translucent shrimp that just looked like it mm-hmm. would crush it in the wintertime. So um, there, and I've always, gulp has always worked great, but I just have been, you know, I, I'm, I'm guilty as to be one of the people that is also kind of, like buys it because I think the bait looks cool. You know what I mean? And like sometimes I look at like a gulp shrimp and I'm like, oh, it just looks like a dumb stick shrimp in the water. But when really You're it's, right. you know, it, this, it just shows how important scent is, you know? So, yeah, I think so too. And I think scent plays a really big role, um, especially in the wintertime. Um, and then the, the other, the other like kind of not just gulp shrimp, but I really like the gulp jerk shads. Um, and with those, I kind of started doing this this summer, which I think uh, ended up working pretty well. But I put the gulp jerk shad on a Ned rig, and that way, when it's sitting on the bottom, it just kind of looks like a minnow, like digging in the sand. Um, yeah. Which I think, again, the if you can give a bait a good amount of movement, but not move it very far, is um, kind of something to keep in mind that i think will always help uh you catch more fish when, when they're spooky i think that is probably if you had to sum up a, what you want out of a wintertime bait that's like that's it right there giving mm-hmm. a bait a good amount of movement without having to move it far like being mm-hmm. able to keep something in that zone you know make it available to those fish make it look realistic and alive but without you having to to drag or retrieve that bait much because those fish usually don't want to leave their little comfort zones much um that time they don't want to leave the school or they don't want to leave where they're sitting and you got to make them decide to eat it pretty not necessarily quickly but in a in a small area so Mm -hmm. um i I like that i've never thought about it like that i mean i guess i've thought about it like that but you just put it into words that made it just so understandable and beautiful (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I put it very eloquently, but um, the only other thing I'll say about gulp is I definitely like it better in the winter than I do in the summer yeah. because in the summer it's like you have tons of pinfish around, other types of bait fish, trash fish, whatever you want to call them, and those gulps just get absolutely Crushed. destroyed. I mean, yeah. you've got I've gone through before I kind of like. When I was just learning and, um, you know, just throwing gulps because I thought it would work, uh, I was going through like a tub of them a day and I was like, this is unsustainable. (laughs) I can't can't pay for this much gulp. So I definitely think it has a time and a place to to use. I wouldn't use it all the time, but I think it does have uh, certain scenarios where it's definitely going to outperform a lot of other baits. Yeah, definitely. It's a... uh it's a bait that you do not want to not have when you need it. You know yeah. what I mean? 
Yep. Does it have the best action? I don't think a lot of the gulps. I think the Z-Man outperforms the gulp in action no, a lot of times. Um, but the the scent that that gulp puts off and that it's in the whole body, um, I just feel like is 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 what drives it home. And that's why it's like you know you got people that just fish Z-Man or they just fish gulp. Like a lot of times you're shooting yourself in the foot by not having you know a choice of different options. And I love Procure. I love putting scent. Like a lot of times in the winter, if I'm mm-hmm. fishing a Z-Man, I'm putting Procure or, or some type of scent on it. Uh, just to, to add to that enticement, I'll even put procure on flies on fish are being really, really tough. And the the purest fly fishermen that are hearing me say that might frown upon <laughs> me. But, you know, when you've got to get that bite, you got to get that bite. So, <laughs> Yes. Yes, I agree. Um, then the only other one that, uh, I mean, you showed me, I think it was two years ago, um, which... It has I think works just as well um, is the creature baits on yeah. the Ned Brick. Yeah, like the little shorty um, creature baits, like the Ned creatures. Little shorty creature baits. Yeah, I mean they don't even they just look like a little like marsh critter. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing that I've ever seen in the marsh really looks like one of those right. things, other than maybe like a sand flea mixed with the crab, mixed with the bait fish. A hybrid. Uh, <laughs> But, the, I mean, those things worked so well on, I mean, we tested it out one day on a school that had just been absolutely hammered and hammered and hammered, and you could barely get them to eat anything and um, other than maybe gulp. And uh, all we threw that day was um, Ned Riggs on, with creature baits, and, and it worked amazingly. Yeah. Yeah, the other bait that worked really well on Spooky Fish this past winter. This past winter was the first time I fished it, but it was the Slim Swim by Z-Man. I'll pull it up real quick and drop it on here. Um, Slim. Let's see. If y'all are just listening, I apologize, but you can look it up. It's called Slim Swim. It's by Z-Man. And it's a very, very, very tiny tiny paddle tail. And... uh, I, we like to fish it. You can fish it on the net heads, but it fits the Texas Finesse perfectly. And so we would fish it on that. Uh, let me find a good image. Yeah. There we go. I mean, it's just like their other swim baits. Here we go. This is a good one. Copy image. And we'll drop it right here. There we go. Boom. So I'll make it a little bit bigger here. Small, slim profile, but these are truly like an inch long, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, real, they're probably an inch. What do you think? An inch and a half, Cameron? Yeah, I'd say about so. an inch and a half. Um, so they're just a little. Th- this color right here was, forget what it's called, was money. I'll get rid of this one, but um, just that small profile, and, and again, like putting that on a Texas eye, like the finesse Texas eye. Gave, gave it so much movement and, and the ability to kind of float up and kick around. You could get a lot of movement out of that bait in a very short space, so you didn't have to retrieve it very far. Here's a uh, – this would be even better. Now that I've got this pulled up, it's like so addicting to just drop pictures in here over and over again. <laughs> um, but here's like a color list. So the blood worm is one we fished a good bit. The blue steel, pearl obviously, and Cameron will I'll get into that. I don't know why. You think like – natural is important in the winter but like white sometimes can be so productive when it's really really cold um yeah and then that water melon red i think we fished and then always anything gold flake is always good in clear water so 
one thing that we talked about um, when we were fishing those Ned rigs together was I think we came to the conclusion that the best color that we were using was one that kind of like matched like the the uh, vegetation on the bottom. Yeah, that snotty that grass kind of, kind of stuff. That snotty grass that kind of is like green and red and darker green and um, I think the one that we ended up having the best luck on was was kind of a mixture of of all those colors. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I, actually, I, this is it right here, motor oil. That's the one we fished the most. I wish you could see this okay. right now, but but yeah, it's like it looks like the exact color of the snotgrass. Motor oil worked well, and I guess that's because a lot of that bait and those mud minnows are living in that, using that as their cover in the winter, and so they kind of take on that color a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the baits, you know, that, that what you see, and a lot of the baits are so dang tiny, like those little tiny fry that you see in the winter months. But, yeah, um, yeah just a great bait. And don't don't be afraid to fish on a Ned head either. Um, they work great on the Ned heads as well. But that Texas eye was, the finesse Texas eye was pretty money. Did you find a specific Ned rig head that you liked last winter? Um, I did, and I can't remember the exact name of it. Or the size because they come in like crazy sizes. Yeah, it's when I'm ordering them online, I have like a hard time because I I'm really bad about just like throwing away all my packaging because <laughs> I just put it straight into a box. <clears throat> um, but it, maybe we could I can look it up. Yeah, and we could get, put a link on yeah. the video maybe. Okay. Um, but it's a little bit bigger than I think the ones that we were using. Um, and it's, the wire is just a little bit thicker because on some of those Ned heads, they're really, really thin wire. And if you don't have your drag, if your drag is like a little too tight, it'll break the hook. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Fishing a light tipped rod is super yes. important. Uh, yeah. A lot of give light drag. It doesn't take much to wear the fish out when it's really cold. Um, they'll fight real hard for a second while they're with the school, but just light pressure and you can get them to the boat. Um, definitely don't fish stiff rod tips and heavy drag with Ned rigs. You'll bend them out very quick. Yeah, and yeah. and you can't you can't really get away with a heavy hook on a Ned rig because the whole thing is wanting that bait to stand head down, tail up, straight up. Yeah. So if you fish a heavy shanked hook, it's going to fall over. It's going to overpower that little soft plastic and, and tip over. Mm-hmm. So and that's why you only see the light wire hooks. And the nice thing too is you can. You know, those light wire hooks, if you know if they do bend out, you can bend it back in pretty easily and still keep fishing. Or if you, when you're getting it out, like you can, if you fish your drag real light in the winter, you don't have to worry about changing those heads out a ton. But you don't want to get too um, complacent. You know, you will start if it gets a lot of play in it. As that metal bends more and more, it'll it'll definitely lose its strength. So yeah, but yeah, that's a bait. I mean, I haven't thrown that yet this year, but it's such a money bait it's great for trout too like in boat basins and canals and you know deep water low current areas where you can fish it and drag it across the bottom real slow um mm-hmm. i know a bunch of dudes that that catch some big big trout on the ned rigs and especially the, the slim swims um in the winter months so all that big baits gets off the beach and gets gone and they're munching on the, the little stuff so yep um, yeah trying to think if there's any other soft plastics that we like to fish we got the gulp we got the different creature baits and and one one thing too is i've found i buy i start buying a lot of tackle off of tackle warehouse this time of year 
So not sponsored by Tackle Warehouse, not an affiliate or anything like that. Maybe I should set that up, but um, they just have such an assortment of crazy baits and like little baits and, and stuff you're not going to find at your tackle stores around here um, or really maybe anywhere. So that's where we've kind of played around and found different little small creature baits and little Ned Rig baits and different soft plastics and tons of different jig head options and sizes and stuff. So definitely go check out Tackle Warehouse um, if you want to spend some money on some tackle for the wintertime. <laughs> so, I love Intercoastal Angler, but I will buy everything I can from Intercoastal Angler here in town. But uh, there's a lot of stuff that yeah, I want that I can't get there. So that's when I go to Tackle Warehouse. Yep. So, um, well, sweet. Well, let's talk about hard baits. We've kind of jumped into the soft plastics. If anything else soft plastic-wise comes sure. into into play. Oh, let's we'll do flies last. We'll talk about soft. We'll talk about hard baits first. So. I'll jump into that okay. first. And, and and that point that Cameron brought up of wanting to have a lot of action in your bait in a short area, that's another way that like these suspending hard baits really come into play. So if the fish are – when me and Cameron get on a school of fish in the wintertime, like first off we're going to really – when we see those fish is at first before we even cast, we're going to know a lot about what we need to throw, whether it needs to be on the bottom or something kind of subsurf or midwater column. So if the fish are – Real gray colored and on the bottom and scurrying around on the bottom, something that you can drag across the bottom like a soft plastic is going to be more important. But when we get into, a lot of times you get a couple warm days in the summer or in the winter and these fish will start floating. They'll be midwater column. They'll be right on the surface uh, throwing a topwater or a lot of times topwaters maybe late February, April or sorry, late February, probably no March and April is when you'll kind of start to get those topwater eats maybe late February. Um, but something you'll, you'll get those like in February, a lot of times you'll have fish following the top water like crazy and won't eat it. And that's when I'll put on a mirror lure or a jerk bait. Um, and, and you can do super, super well on those baits when they're suspending, um, when the fish are suspending. So, uh, one of my favorites is probably the 3ds minnow. It's a Yozuri mm-hmm. bait, really small little, little jerk bait. Um, and I will change the hooks out and put a little bit stouter hooks on them just cause those little tiny trebles, those red fish will, will beat up one pretty good. But I still want to keep the hooks real light so that the bait doesn't sink too much. Um, but just working that, like a you know, throw it in past the school and the bite, dude. The bites on like a hard bait and out of a, out of a school of redfish are just so aggressive and hard. Um, but I'll show you all the 3ds minnow. Pull it up. Another one I like to fish is just a MR17, just a traditional, um, traditional hard bait that people use for trout. It's just a great search bait. And year after year, like it's become more and more of a search bait for me in the summer too. The the MR seventeen. Just for the simple fact of you can cover water well with it. There we go. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of flash. You can cover water well with it. Here is a three D S minnow. So there's two sizes in these. I've always gotten the shorter one. I think it's like two and a half inches long. Um you got the little lip on the on the front. You got these trebles. Uh, just a great little bait that, that kind of mimics the bait that's around and, and the fish eat a lot. MR-17, y'all know what that is. If you haven't fished, you've at least heard of it. Um, any other hard baits that you've fished in the winter months? Um, I'd say the two main ones, at least for fish in the marsh, would be uh, the, t- the two that you said. Yeah. The only other one I think I would add, and it's a completely different scenario, but... If like um, you're fishing off the beach, and uh, and there's a big school like in the surf, um, 
one bait that worked pretty well for me not too long ago. Um, it wasn't technically winter, um, but it was still pretty cold. Was a was a heavy dean. Yeah. Um, worked pretty well for me when those when those big school was in like you know four or five feet of water, mm-hmm. but you could still see them really well. Um, that heavy dean worked really well. Heavy Dean is just the same profile as like an MR17, but just a slightly heavier lure. I got one pulled up here on the screen right now. Yeah. Um, great bait. You can work it a little bit faster too, which is nice. You don't have to worry about fishing it real slow because it sinks quickly. But yeah, God, they were choking that thing out in the surf that day. That was awesome. Yeah, and it was kind of interesting because uh, for a while it was just like uh, they were just eating topwaters. And they were a little bit shallower, I guess, at that time. Um, just eating topwaters and then they kind of turned off on the topwaters and then they started eating soft plastics and then they got really spooky. Um, and then I started throwing that, I couldn't find anything for them to eat and, um, finally picked up that, the heavy Dean and they started taking that pretty well. So for what it's worth, it's, it's never a bad bait to have in your box, especially this time of year. No, it's definitely not. Um, Here's something I did want to bring up, soft plastic-wise. I keep forgetting to do it on podcasts. So we were talking on a couple podcasts back about how you know there's really not a good shrimp to fish under a popping cork because they all end up hanging um, hanging kind of vertically. And somebody sent uh, – a listener sent in this shrimp called the uh, Nat Shrimp SK. It, or just – I guess it's Nat Shrimp, N-A-T Shrimp. And the hook is reversing it. Have you seen, did I send these to you, Cameron? You did, yeah. Yeah, They looked really good. Yeah, so uh, this is another bait I think would crush it in the winter. They've got some really good colors. I'm looking through them right now. Um, But I'm just going to drop in just a realistic looking one. Actually, hold on, let me do this. So that y'all can see it if you're watching. Um, But see how the hook is, is rigged differently than all other shrimp? It's got that hook coming out the front of the head of the shrimp as opposed to the tail and that eye's right in the middle. So fishing this under a cork or fishing this a little more vertically or really casting it at all, like you're going to be able to work that shrimp and pop it and the action on it's going to be a lot more like an actual shrimp popping off the bottom. So I think I had not fished this in the winter, but this is definitely going to be something that I fish in, in you know December, January, February, March. Um, just kind of dragging it and hopping it off the bottom and be able to get a real realistic look. And this whitish color with this tan in it, man, that looks really, really good. So... Um, I have never messed around with it much, but I know a lot of people that'll kind of start playing with painting soft plastics in the winter just to get some different translucents and colors on them, um, which would be super fun. There's a lot of stuff. I got sucked down a hole in YouTube the other day looking up stuff for people <laughs> painting soft plastics. So I did not need to, another hobby. I've got all this stuff to paint top waters over here. I've painted one in a year. So, <laughs> so what do you... Is there anything else that you think about, like when you get up on a school of fish, or you know where the redfish are, about the retrieve and about the cadence, and like understanding, reading the fish, and knowing maybe why they're not eating or why you know you should change up your retrieve? Can you think of anything? Um, I'd say if the, if the fish are like, if it's a school of redfish, and they're moving pretty slow, but you see them turning on their sides quite a bit, to me that tells me that they're probably pretty happy and that they'll readily eat probably most things um, just depending on how deep they are Um, I would say that's the other thing is how deep are these fish that you're fishing to Um, like you kind of touched on earlier but if they're really deep obviously something heavier that's going to get down to the bottom Um, and if they're 
in really shallow areas, I'm probably going to try and fish something pretty light. Um, not necessarily like a, like a MR 17 or something, but more like a, a light, uh, Ned rig with a creature bait. Um, and then I always tell people and myself personally, um, I try not to throw into a school of fish if I don't know exactly like where they are. Um, you might see a couple, I call them winks when they're, when they're turning on their sides, you might see a couple of those, but if you throw right on that wink, chances are you might be in the middle of the school, the tail of the school, um, what have you. And if you, if you land right on top of them more times than not, they're going to spook and then you got to wait for them to kind of calm down and regather and you got to reapproach them. Um, so one bad cast can add a lot of time between fish well, yeah, One bad cast can add a lot of time. Um, so, I mean, ideally, it just doesn't happen all the time. I mean, given wind conditions and, and light conditions and so on and so forth. Um, but I'd say, ideally, you always want to try and make your first cast um, as accurate as possible. And I always try and lead them, like, at least a few feet. Yeah. Um, just because... In the winter, as kind of the theme of this is, they get spooky, and the water's clear, and all those things kind of play into how they're going to react to something landing in the water. Um, so, I'd say throwing you know a few feet in front of where they're swimming and just dragging it in front of them without spooking them um, is always going to be key, and that sometimes that takes patience, and uh, that's it's a really hard thing to do. Um, but I think it, it pays dividends for sure. Heck yeah. And that's one thing that I struggle with a lot of times is you get up there and you see the fish and you just, my impatience a lot of times makes me want to cast, you know, as soon as I see him, but man, it's definitely, it's so much more important to wait until you know exactly where that school is, where they're moving, put that bait or that fly or that soft plastic in the right place and let those fish feel like they found it. That's the most important thing I feel like in the winter that sums it all up is like letting the fish feel like they found the bait. Don't force it on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they feel like, you know, they were being productive and found something to eat, they're way more willing to eat it than when it's like, Whoa, what's that bait fish doing right in my face? So mm-hmm. it's uh, just something to think about. And again, there's some days where they're so fired up. They don't care at all. You, as soon as you land yep. something, they're turning to come up and eat it, which is, you know, enjoy those days. Cause they're, they're more and more rare, but, um, a few and far between these days. Yeah, finding a, a happy school is is tough. It's tough. Um, yes. But yeah, so let those fish feel like they found it. I, that I can't stress that enough. That's really the, the kind of the key to um, key to getting them to eat. So, are there any colors specifically that you like to fish, or would you just kind of more so go to the those natural colors that that look like what they're? Because I know you like to fish white a lot as well in the winter. I do like white a lot in the winter, um, and but I, I just think it it to me it depends on like water clarity yeah. as well as the bottom. Um, if if you're fishing crystal clear water and uh, over sand, I mean I would say the more natural the better. Yeah. Um, if you're fishing like tannic water, uh, kind of like tea colored water, something with a little bit of um, kind of matching that water color a little bit um doesn't hurt yeah um 
But, I mean, it, f- as far as colors are concerned, uh, with, like, creature base, I think kind of like what we talked about, um, I think matching that vegetation mm-hmm. is not a bad idea. And, I mean, but, yeah, I, white, to me, is one of those colors um, that kind of works in anything. And, well, no, I guess that's about it. I mean... I'd say matching matching the watercolor um, as far as the realisticness, that's not a word, but uh, of, of the bait. And then if it's if it's dirty water, probably using a little bit darker colored yeah. baits. Okay. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Um, just kind of keeping it natural in the scenarios that you're in mm-hmm. is pretty crucial. Uh, all right, well, let's talk for the last little bit of this podcast. Let's talk about flies that we like to throw in the wintertime and, and why they, you know, why they are productive or why we choose those. Um, I'll let you go first. You've been tying so many flies lately. And also, before we even get into this, if y'all are into fly fishing and like fly tying, you need to go check out Cameron's YouTube channel. Um, he's put together some awesome, awesome uh, videos very informative of, of different flies that he likes to fish here in North Carolina that work from Florida all the way up to you know all the way up the East Coast for redfish, speckled trout, uh, you know pretty much anything that we can target on the fly. Um, but but is I've watched a lot of fly tying videos on YouTube and I've not seen one that's put together better than the ones Cam has been doing. So <laughs> go check it out and it's Blackbird Guide, right? Blackbird Guide yeah. on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Blackbird Guide, yeah, sweet. Go I give him a uh, subscribe. That. I appreciate that. For um, sure. Don't smile. Only, Don't smile. There's only a few <laughs> on there right now. It's, I think there's only three so far, but I, I plan on that. And yeah, you, that crab you just did, you've got to put that crab on there. That thing's awesome. Oh, the crab. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'll just paraphrase this: that there's, I'm not the best fly tire in the world by any means, but I do know how to tie some flies that work. Yeah. Um, and that so that's just just sharing some of those patterns and um patterns that are already you know also famous redfish patterns and just kind of breaking down how to tie them um and whatnot but as far as fly fishing is concerned in the winter i mean to me it's probably my favorite time to fly fish for redfish uh just because who doesn't like trying to throw a fly into a big school of fish um, it's That's a little fun. bit easier <laughs> as far as like accuracy is concerned. You don't have to generally, you're not fishing to a single most of the time. So your accuracy doesn't have to be like perfect. Um, casting distance, I think it can definitely play a part. Yeah. That's uh, the hard part about the winter game is like in the summer you can get way closer to fish. Yeah. Yeah. But in the summer you've got to have like a really, or the winter, like a pretty long cast to, to really play. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I think, you know, there's there's been days where, um, I mean, not too dissimilar from uh, spin fishing where you, I've been, I've had the opportunity to just like sit on a sandbar with a big school of fish just swimming back and forth in front of me and just being like, okay, this fly didn't work, let me change it out. Okay, this fly didn't work, let me change it out. Um, so I, I feel like I have a pretty good idea of, of the flies that, work pretty well where we live um and the two that have really kind of stuck with me is one is redfish crack um and any of these patterns you can tie in like different colors um so whatever 
area you're fishing, whichever soft plastic is working best for you in the winter, I would just try and match that color with the materials that you use. And all the materials that I use in my video come in a lot of different colors and whatnot. Um, so you can always kind of switch it up. But I, I tie a variation of the redfish crack that I call uh, the chromatic critter that for us, and especially where we fish a lot, which is really clear water, um, it's all it's an all-white fly, and it, it works pretty well, I'd say. It's tied on an Umka jig hook, which um, Judson introduced me to like five years ago, which now I'm just addicted to tying on them because they're always... Hooks. Yeah, they just, they ride hook point up um, without really having to think too much about uh, like cutting materials off to make sure that it flips over type of thing. So for sure. Um, that, yeah. When that you put the eyes cool. at the bottom of the shank, right. And then the, yeah. yeah, it just helps it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just helps it. Um, but white flies I'd say work really well. Um, natural color flies work pretty well. I know that black flies are, have everyone I've ever talked to is, um, for winter redfish is like, oh, black, fly, black flies work the best um, in pretty much all scenarios. And I think that's true in a lot of places. I, for one, have not had my best luck on black flies here. And it yeah. very well just might be because of where we're fishing. I think a black fly would probably work really well, like in uh, tannic water. For sure. Um but in clear water, I mean, I've definitely caught redfish on, on a black fly in clear water, but not as well as I have on a white fly for some reason. I would agree, man. And that clear water, that black is just, it's almost just too abrasive. It, it, it's, it sticks out too much that they don't like it. Uh, mm -hmm. like, like you said, I've definitely caught them on black, and there might be days where they like that, but, but something more natural or white seems to always be the ticket and sometimes stuff with a little bit of pink in it in the winter time a little bit of pink yeah. tied into it, it mm -hmm. looks real good kind of gives it that shrimp color um, yeah but yeah there's that's what's so fun about i mean uh, i look in my closet over here with all my fly tying stuff there's just like a million different colors of green and there's like a million different colors of brown yeah. and it's like there you can yeah. you can get so you know dialed in with with different colors and that's something i need to make time to do this winter is tie a bunch of flies i bet i've got 15 flies in my box right now and that's it like i'm so <laughs> low on flies and in the winter time that's when you really in the summer it doesn't really matter you put a put a fly in front of a fish and he's going to eat it um but in the winter when they're not eating one of your 15 flies or all of your 15 flies you need to have 30 flies so yeah you need to have options for sure I, I need to sit on the bench and and tie away here pretty soon um, the only, the, sorry no um, you're good the only other thing i can think of um, that's like really crucial sometimes is the size of a fly. Yeah. Um, like there was a couple weeks last year on schools of redfish where all they, all I could get them to eat was like a four inch long white fly. But then, you know, after four weeks of them eating that, they stopped eating it. Right. And all I could get them to eat was like a two inch white fly. <laughs> Um, so I, I'd say having the size variations with your flies is really important um, because sometimes I think they just get keyed in on on a size of a bait and not so much 
the color. Yeah. Or it might, it, it could also be both. They could be sized, they could be keyed in on the size and the color. Um, so I think having variations of color and variations of size is definitely important. Um, always having something in the box that lands really light mm. if they're incredibly spooky. Um, like I, I remember you and I went once last year and I, <laughs> I tied all these flies that I was excited to use and like was the, the goal was that they were going to be really light flies and they would be good for spooky fish and like half of them wouldn't even sink because <laughs> they had too much material on them and little uh, little bead chain eyes and they wouldn't sink. But one one of these flies that I tied that was like super ugly. I mean, all it was was like cactus chenille and and I think um, some craft fur and that was like it. But it was teeny yeah. and it was pink and white. And I swear you could barely see it in the water and that was the fly that ended up working the best. Yeah, that's funny. It's not like little albie flies work well. Just little small yeah. bait fish flies work so well. I mean, that's mm-hmm. really what the majority of what they're eating is. Warmer days, mm-hmm. they'll definitely eat mud crabs. Like I think that's what gets them through the winter is when that water temperature warms up a little bit and they can eat the mud crabs out of the oysters. It can be pretty uh, – which might be worth tying a mud crab fly. But I don't know how you yeah. move it. You'd have to strip it like one inch every 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, – but yeah, that's funny. That's super funny. That that fly was, I do remember that day. It sucked, man. Like I, you just said, like we fished together once last winter, I think. It's funny because we talk every single day about fishing on the phone every single day. We hang out a bunch. But we never get to fish together. <laughs> like if we fish together three times a year, we're doing good. Yeah. But I feel like I fish with you every day because we talk every single day about it. But Yeah. The, uh, that's the one downside of, of guiding is you don't get to fish with your buddies as much, but you do get to talk about fishing with your buddies a lot. That's right. <laughs> well, guys, we hope that this podcast helped y'all um, kind of start to wrap your head around some stuff you need to throw this winter. If you have any questions, as always, hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, here on the podcast. Um, or I guess you can't leave comments on the podcast, but on YouTube, if you're watching this or listening to this on YouTube, um, and if you want to be helpful, it'd be awesome if you went and checked out our Patreon page, uh, maybe subscribed over there. We put out extra podcasts every week over there, and it just helps support us on the back end. I always mean to say that in the beginning because most people have already probably dropped off the podcast at this point. But definitely check out our Patreon page. Tons of good content over there, and we're going to be doing like we did most summers. We're going to get real serious about it this summer, but uh, you know, not daily, but a couple times a week, just little fishing reports throughout the summer. So we'll have that coming up. We're going to start to do some giveaways over on Patreon. So there's a lot of good stuff over there to check out. Um, but Cameron, thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing some of your wintertime secrets. And uh, we will no see y'all next week. Later. <laughs>